For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football matchup over the next week. But before we do all that, we have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bed Ready Podcast. For winter break, we previewed what we're doing this week's show. Once again, going through the Niners' upcoming matchup here for week six against the Atlanta Falcons. But before we do actually get into the breakdown, we do have to recap how we did last week and how the Niners did last week. And once again, for the fifth straight week, we went one and one. We ended up having the Niners to cover against the Panthers. They did easily, but we also had the under, and that did not get there. Looked very good early on, then Mayfield threw the pick six, and the game kind of fell apart after that for the under, as the Niners blew the game open and scored 37 points as they won 37-15. to So we were wrong about the under, right about the Niners, and it seems like we keep chopping every week, but I guess it's better than going 0-2 in any of those five weeks. Either way, the Niners looked very good, winning comfortably. Uh, They won by 22, and on top of that, they got Matt Rule fired because he got fired immediately after the game. And the Niners, if you look at the standings, are currently in first place in the NFC West because the Cardinals lost last week, the Seahawks lost last week, and the Rams lost last week. So the Niners atop the division, which is big. And for this game, the Niners are traveling to Atlanta to face off against a pretty feisty Falcons team that is two and three. Uh, To go through their game last week, they lost to Tampa Bay by six. They were getting killed. They scored two touchdowns and a two-point conversion to make the game close. And then you had the extremely controversial roughing the passer penalty, which ended up giving the Buccaneers a free first down, where Atlanta would have had the ball back because that was on third down. Atlanta would have had the ball back with a shot to potentially win the game. Instead, they didn't get it, and Tampa ran the clock out. But Atlanta is the only team in the league that is 5-0 ATS. So the Falcons have done a very good job of keeping games close. And I do think that this game could be surprisingly close for most people that I'd say haven't exactly read the, uh, read the injury reports or the scouting reports, because at first glance, you think, oh, Niners have figured it out. They've won each of the last two games by, you know, uh, 15 plus points. They won three of four by 15 plus points. They're just a very good team. The problem is a lot of their key pieces got hurt in that Panthers game. And to go through exactly who I'm referring to, 
Mosley, who's one of their best corners, ended up tearing his ACL. He's done for the year. Ward got hurt too, and his injury definitely doesn't seem great. It's not a season-ending injury, but the point is it's definitely not a good sign that Ward got hurt as well. And also, Bosa got hurt. So you're looking at a situation where a lot of guys ended up leaving the game early. Robbie Gould also got hurt. We don't know if if he's going to play or not, so the Niners might be using a backup kicker. Uh, You're looking at the actual practice reports, and the Niners are missing basically their entire defensive line. Armstead didn't practice, Bosa didn't practice, and Bukum didn't practice, and Kinwa didn't practice. Trent Williams didn't practice, Jimmy Ward didn't practice, Mosley's out for the year, and Gould hurt his knee. So the Niners are missing a bunch of guys, and they might be missing their entire defensive line, which is why this line has come down. It opened up at 6.5, now it's down to mostly 5.5 and the total in this game is 44.5. So it really comes down to if you personally believe that the Niners will be able to overcome all those injuries to the defensive side of the ball and end up winning this game, which remains to be seen. But I do want to actually go through the stats from last week before we get into the full breakdown for this matchup. I just wanted to mention the injuries because even in a very good game for the Niners, where they won by 22 points, it also was bittersweet because a lot of key players got injured and we don't know how long, but to go through the numbers, Garoppolo did what he needed to do. Didn't make any mistakes, took what the defense gave him and had a couple of really big throws over the course of the game. He went 18 for 30 for 253 yards, two touchdowns, no picks QBR of 60.5. The ground game was really good. Jeff Wilson led the way 17 carries 120 yards and one touchdown. Tevin Coleman also had that garbage time touchdown at the end. Uh, to fully put the game on ice, and he, as he had eight carries for 23 yards and one touchdown. But Wilson was phenomenal, and hopefully he'll keep it going for this one. But to go through the receiving core, relatively quiet day for most, which is, I'd say, good and bad, because on one hand, you're still waiting for Kittle to have his breakout game. On the other hand, it means Garoppolo did a great job of spreading the wealth and finding guys who were just open. He didn't really prioritize anyone, and I do think you can argue that's definitely a good sign moving forward. But Ayuk led the receiving core with fifty with uh, 58 yards. Kittle had five catches for 47. A lot of them were front-loaded. Then he fumbled, and it felt like they didn't target him again after that. But Juwan Jennings, two catches for 45. Uh, you also had Tevin Coleman, who had 44 receiving yards and a touchdown. So Coleman with two touchdowns, kind of an underrated stat line for him. Juszczyk had 27 yards. Uh, Debo was quiet, 20 yards, but he did have a touchdown, which is nice. Uh, You also had Jeff Wilson, who had one catch for 12. So a lot of guys got involved, but the main, I'd say, MVPs of the game were really the running backs uh, and Garoppolo. Wilson with 130-plus all-purpose yards and and a touchdown, and Coleman, who only had 67 total yards, but he still had two touchdowns. So they were definitely a solid tandem, and hopefully they keep it going for this one even though you might end up seeing Coleman get a smaller role since you might end up seeing a price back in the lineup. Because according to reports, uh, Davis price was a full participant in practice. So is Wilson. So Wilson will get most of the actual workload. We'll see what Coleman's role is moving forward. Either way to go through the turnovers, they know interceptions, but Kittle did lose a fumble early on, which we talked about as for the Niners defense, very, very solid ended up sacking the opposing quarterback six times Uh, Mayfield got sacked four times and PJ Walker got sacked twice to go through those Warner at half a sack Gibson at half a sack um, Hufanga had a sack 
Uh, Flanagan Fowles had a sack. Burks had half a sack. Ibukum had half a sack. Emenihu had a sack. And Jackson had a sack. So a lot of guys got involved and definitely a great sign. Hopefully they'll continue to rush the passer this well because so far they've looked like one of the best pass uh, pass defenses in the league, especially in terms of pass rush. But I mentioned the entire defensive line might be out for this game. So we'll see how the backups do. But, you know, keep your fingers crossed and hope it works out. As for Carolina, passing game was useless, but the ground game was decent. McCaffrey had a rushing touchdown on fourth down. Uh, for the receiving core, Moore had 59 yards. Smith had 69 yards. McCaffrey had 50 yards. You know, pretty decent game, but it was also garbage time because Carolina was getting killed for the majority of it. So not going to read much into there. Also forced uh, – sorry, did they – no, sorry, they didn't force any fumbles. Uh, the uh, Carolina recovered a couple, but still, point is the Niners had a very good game, and hopefully they can continue to roll through the ground game, the play-action game, and through just a really solid pass rush. But we'll see with the injuries. Either way, moving over to Atlanta, ended up losing in a very close game against Tampa, which I mentioned before with the pass and with the uh, rough and the passer penalty. Uh, Mariota not very impressive. Had 14 completions for 147 yards. A lot of them came in the fourth quarter. Also got sacked five times, but Atlanta had no points in the first three quarters, trailed 21-0 before they woke up. It seemed like Atlanta really just took advantage of a Tampa team that was starting to play uh, shell coverage and trying to force Atlanta to eat up a lot of clock, but it seemed like Tampa just stopped playing. And that made the game close. Mariota did have 61 rushing yards. Algier at 45. Huntley at 34. And Williams had a rushing touchdown and 11 yards. But the Falcons did average 4.9 yards per carry. A lot of it was Mariota, who averaged 8.7. But still, they were balanced. And it seems like they will do whatever they can to not let Mariota throw the ball. But to go through the receiving core, uh, Zacchaeus had a receiving touchdown and 39 yards. But their leading receiver had 39 receiving yards, which is not a good sign moving forward. But to go through everything else, the offensive line, I said before, was a joke as the Falcons allowed Mariota to get sacked five times. The problem was they sacked Brady zero times. It should have been one, but you had the penalty, which ended up basically overturning the sack. But to go through the stats here, Brady torched this team. 351 passing yards, only one passing touchdown to Fournette. But Fournette was good. He had 56 rushing yards and one touchdown and 83 receiving yards for one and one touchdown. So 139 total yards, two touchdowns. Very good day there for Lenny. Uh, Mike Evans was good, had 81 yards, should have been a touchdown. Uh, he ended up kind of getting robbed there. You could tell from the shadows the ball was over, but they ended up calling the play to stand since they didn't have the right angle, so to speak. Godwin had 61 yards. Uh, Otten at 43 yards, Miller at 35. Tampa really just threw it all over the place, and Atlanta secondary had no answers. I don't think San Francisco is going to reinvent the wheel, but does Atlanta secondary really is not good, and you have to wonder if maybe Garoppolo aired out a bit to Samuel. Samuel might be in line for a pretty big game, or maybe even Kittle, since Atlanta is not very good against the tight ends. But once again, to go back to the actual uh, betting lines here, uh, you have five and a half and a total of 44 and a half. I am going to go with the over in this game. I think you'll see points. I think the Niners are just missing too many guys. And the fact that the total went up from 43 to 44 and a half, I think is a direct correlation to all the injuries 
and I think you'll end up seeing Atlanta move the ball a lot more easily than people expect. And I think the Niners should move the ball easily because Atlanta's defense isn't very good. So I see points in this game. I think the Niners could potentially score 27 in this game and win it 27 to 20, something like that. But either way, I do like the over in this game. And for the actual spread, this is really one of the upset alert games in my eyes because I do think with all the injuries, Atlanta really is in a decent spot to pull off the upset. But they have injuries in their own right. Corderell still on the IR. Pitts didn't play last week. I'm not sure if he'll play this week. So they might be a bit shorthanded in the receiving core. I think I'm going to take the Niners uh, to cover. It's not going to be easy. I think the Falcons will have the ball late. I'm just hoping that it's down seven. Uh, down late with a shot to win the game, I mean, or tie the game. But I think the Niners will do enough. I just think that the San Francisco is really built to give Atlanta serious problems because they dominate up front. And Atlanta has been struggling up front. You can talk about the fact that Atlanta wants to run the ball and the Niners are allowing the fewest yards per carry in the entire league. Now, once again, potential backup defensive lineman, but they've also looked good in limited action. I just think the Niners will be able to stuff the run more than people anticipate, force Mariota to, th- to throw. Maybe that results in a pick six, maybe a strip sack. We'll see. But I'll go with the Niners, minus the, six and a- minus the five and a half, and I'll go with the over 44 and a half. Give me a 27-20 game. That's kind of what I'm expecting. But that's been this episode of the Better Barrier Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Until next week, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.